Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC Studios, here's your host, GoPowerCat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Kansas State moves to 3-0 on the season with an impressive 38-17 victory over Nevada on Saturday afternoon at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. About 48-49,000 fans were in attendance in the stadium, although many of them abandoned their seats as the game went on because it turned into a serious cooker inside the stadium. A lot of heat-related issues as that game went on. I hope everyone survived their day at the ball field. It was a day Nevada did not survive as Kansas State really put together an impressive performance, an execution of a game plan on both sides of the ball that really made a statement. I thought Kansas State was just spectacular at times in the game. They had their lulls, but boy, they settled into what they wanted to do on both sides of the ball with Skylar Thompson sidelined with that knee injury. Will Howard stepped in and even sophomore third string quarterback Jaron Lewis had a little time on the field which was pre-planned and looked pretty good. We are sponsored by Caddy Shack Golf. Caddy Shack Golf where? Caddy with two T's. Visit CaddyShackGolf.com for all your officially licensed golfing willy apparel, accessories and more. Use code GPC for free shipping on your next order. As we prepare to bring in Brian Hanley, our football analyst and of course Brian was an offensive lineman on those Kansas State teams, 97-98. Michael Bishop, might have heard of that dude, was his quarterback, and he was a starting guard. But let's hear from Chris Kleiman as he commented. These were his opening comments. This is how fired up Coach Kleiman was about how his team played against a Nevada team that is picked to win the Mountain West and has a quarterback that is suspected to be the top quarterback drafted next April by the NFL. This is a good team that K-State beat 38-17. Now let's hear from Coach Chris Kleiman. What, what a win. Uh, we challenged the guys early in the week that we needed to take a, the next step as a football team. We were we were been prepared for it. We kind of built for this. We knew the non-con schedule was going to be extremely difficult. We knew adversity had struck losing losing Skyler. And um, we challenged the guys to, to rise up get their game to the next level and uh, show that uh, we can play with a really quality team uh, like Nevada. And uh, I was so pleased uh, with uh, how we played throughout the game. There were some lulls, but uh, uh, give those guys credit. Nevada's a really good football team. But for us to be able to rush the football like we did consistently is a credit to our offensive line and tight ends. Uh, for us to hit the big play uh, is a credit to Will Howard. We'll talk about that and Daniel Imatorbebe for making a big play. And then uh, that's his, that's a great offensive football team. And quarterback's a dynamite player. Um, 
wide receiver number seven is a great player, and we talked about having to make them one-dimensional. And uh, I think they rushed for 25 yards and 23 carries. That's making them one-dimensional. So uh, overall, really pleased with the win, really pl pleased with the progress that we've made through three games. We have a lot of work to do. We've got to get a lot better. Uh, we got to get healed up because we're nicked up a little bit right now. Uh, but uh, excited about the win and excited for the guys because they've earned this. They've worked their tails off since last uh, winter, spring, summer, fall uh, to make sure that they improve this culture that we have and they improve the locker room and they improve uh, on a daily basis and challenge each other. And they did that today. And now let's bring in Brian Hanley. And Brian, look, man, I'm old. Uh, I think we all recognize that. But <laughs> when I get a football game where the winning team runs the ball 80% of its plays and racks up 269 yards rushing on the way to victory, I'm a pretty happy guy. You as an offensive lineman, uh, I won't say old, a former offensive <laughs> lineman, uh, probably have an appreciation for that. That's exactly what K-State did in its win over Nevada. Yeah, I mean, it was just a, a, just a, a mashing shall we say, of just, I mean, there wasn't these breakaway 80, 90-yard runs or 70-yard runs. It was just, you know what, we're going to run it. We're going to keep running it. You're not going to be able to stop it and just keep doing it and keep going and keep going. I, I loved that kind of football. I know that there's going to be some people that say we got to do things different, you know, against different competition, and they're right. But this was the competition this week, right. and this is what we needed to do to win this week. And, you know, a way you win the way you need to win. And this is the way we needed to win. It was great. Perfectly put. I mean, I've seen some people, well, Casey, it's going to have to throw it some more. And I'm like, well, yeah, eventually. But they didn't have to do that. They didn't have to put the nope. ball in the air, nope. which by definition means anyone can come down with it. As long right. as you can hand it off and keep the ball the entire time without putting it at risk. You're in pretty good shape, and that's exactly what K-State did. It was really impressive. Now, there were moments, the second and third possession, some of those third quarter possessions, where K-State didn't really look like they were fully in sync, but, but I'd like to point out that the other team was trying, the other team was pretty good, the other team made adjustments, and then we saw K-State counter those adjustments and get the running game back on track. And I liked at the end of the third quarter when they said, okay, they're really coming up here and stuffing the box. Let's right. stretch the ver let's stretch the field horizontally. Let's go from sideline to sideline here. And they came back and incorporated the jet sweep look into everything to to freeze those outside players from stopping them crashing in and lo and behold it worked and there's Deuce Vaughn and and Joe Irvin who was spectacular both of them just shredding through that Nevada defense by game's end it was gorgeous if you ask me yeah, I, I thought it was great. You know, um, you don't see, I mean, there was a couple of, of times where you thought, you know, we're third and long and we're not, we didn't throw the ball and we thought we could have thrown the ball. But you know what? At the same time, it was just, hey, our defense has got it going. So let's just punt the football. Hey, get what we get, punt the football. And then there were a couple of times, again, the same situation 
third and 10, we get a first down run. I mean, it's just, I like running the football. Obviously, as an offensive lineman, I'm going to say I like running the football. I like running the football and making another team stop you from running the football. That is, that's, I mean, you win football games that way. You can have the world's greatest quarterback. The world's greatest quarterback will still tell you if we can run the football and they can't stop it, they'll run the football every single play. And that's the sign of uh, just an offensive line that literally is dominating a football game. Hey, just play to your strengths. There's nothing wrong with playing to your strengths. This is a K-State strength, running the football, offensive line. Well, okay, well, then let's do that, and let's see what happens. And yesterday was a perfect example. We're going to run it. We're going to keep running it. We're going to run it some more, and we're going to run some more after that. And I don't think that you can hold up for four quarters, and that's literally what happened. Yeah, it really was. And everyone knew coming into the game that Kansas State would need to run the football with more um, – being more definitive with the running game than they had been. They had to do that with the backup quarterbacks in play. And But the second play of the game, you know, they called a little Will Howard run first off, and then they come back and throw it right down the middle of the field to Daniel Amaterbebe, who was just ran a beautiful pattern. He was supposed to turn that out. He he put his foot into the ground and turned it inside the safety, and and Will Howard knew that was coming and just laid it right out there. He said it was kind of a hard throw because you knew you couldn't screw it up because he was so wide open, but then he took care of the rest by getting into the end zone. What a way to start the game on the second play from scrimmage. Yeah, it was incredible. Absolutely incredible. I, I mean, as bad as what everybody thought that he played, and, and to, you know, he didn't play well the week before, to come out and to do that literally on the second play of the game, I mean, it had to give the entire football team a gigantic lift. And just to see him come out and do that, made a great play, tight end again, it ran a great route, wide open, got into the end zone, got things rolling, got the crowd rolling. It was just, I mean, it's, you, I don't know that you can start a football game better than that. Oh, it was it was really something else. And on the other side, uh, I saw Carson Strong for Nevada make some throws that you don't see in, unless you're watching on Sundays. Uh, he just, yeah, <clears throat> he made a couple throws. You're like, well, that was pretty absurd. You put yeah. the ball through the the tire at the county fair except you did it 30 yards down the field to your guy in triple coverage it was really impressive he did make some mistakes k-state didn't let him become comfortable and i thought it was another indication of the advancement of this defense and how much more confidence and conviction with which they're playing they seem to know what they want to do what they need to do and they go out and do it with a great deal of confidence right now something we haven't seen from a k-state defense in honestly quite a while yeah i mean again you couldn't run the football at all um and we just completely shut that down the same time i mean that quarterback was making some throws i mean you get him in at at the next level with some guys that can protect him and some some receivers he's gonna make a lot of money at the next level because he was making throws that were just incredible but k-state hung in there and we got after him and you know and for the most part the secondary played well i mean the defense again played well you know we did the things that we needed to do to win the football game and to just basically shut them down and, and you know when we needed to shut them down i just thought again defensively it was just a great great job indeed nevada ended up running the ball 23 times 
they had 25 net yards. There was a 14 or actually 16 uh, yards in lost yardage there with sacks and stuff. And so uh, basically, though, if you take that out, you take the sacks out or whatever, Nevada ended up averaging about two yards a rush. Two yep. yards a rush against a three-three-five that was really looking to stop the passing game of Carson Strong. That is what just blows me away. They have installed a defense intended to slow down spread offenses and their ability to throw the ball, and it's been more effective against the run. Honestly, going against everything that I thought I knew about football, they're getting they're outsized at the point of attack. They're they're smaller. Sometimes they're outnumbered, and yet they're so fast and swarming to the ball. They're overcoming those odds. It's just been really impressive. Yeah, it, it's, again, it's just what you said. It goes against everything that you know about football. You're thinking three down linemen. I go. We should be able to run the ball at will, and teams are not able to run the football it's just the team speed and guys running to the football has just been incredible and so if this is what's going to happen we're going to keep this up we're going to be in a lot of football games because teams are going to be able to run it i just thought and, and we get against somebody that wants to run it or can run it well we did that the first week of the season and they couldn't run the football then the next week, it's Southern Illinois. Okay, it's Southern Illinois. Then this week again, it just I think till at some point it, it has to become a pattern, doesn't it? Can't just be a fluke. At some point, it has to become this is what the team is. We we stop the run. So we'll get into a little bit more down the road. You know, some teams that want to run, especially coming up this week, but. And I just think that we're a team that stops the run. We just stop the run. We get to the football. We run to the football and make play, and we're tackling. So if you're tackling, that helps. So I thought we did a good job. Is it fair to begin to compare Daniel Green, the impact he's having on this team? He had nine solo tackles. So he's tackling guys in space. Uh, all nine of his tackles were solo, listed as solo. Is right. it fair to start comparing him to Josh Buell? Because I see this dude running sideline to sideline. He's in the backfield. He's dropping back to cover. He's just seemingly everywhere on the football field from that linebacker position. He kind of reminds you of him, doesn't he? Yeah. Just, you know, an undersized guy that runs and hits and tackles. And guys, he doesn't miss tackles. Josh Buell didn't miss tackles. And he isn't missing tackles either. I, I just think it's it's outstanding. I don't think it's uh, too early to make that comparison. I mean, things can change down the road or whatever, but I see a lot of Buell in green. Absolutely a lot of it. Just running sideline to sideline, you know, covering guys when he needs to cover, getting to the football. I think it's it's a I think it's a really fair comparison. I'm just blown away by the number of guys that are playing on the defensive side. I yep. I almost think they play too many. I mean, the guys are just running on and off constantly, and I say that. But then you get to the fourth quarter, and at least this was true on Saturday. There was no doubt that K State was the fresher team. They right. they had been playing more guys in the fourth quarter. It just became apparent that Nevada was running out of gas, and K State was still coming at them with fresh yep. bodies. And it, um, it's it's funny to watch. I've never really seen a coach play football almost like it's hockey with line changes. They just run guys in and out constantly, and there never seems to be well, a drop off on this defense. And I'm I again. It goes against what I thought I knew about football, but it's working. 
<laughs> you know, but I mean, if you, if you look at football at, especially at the next level, they, you gotta say, you gotta keep guys fresh and guys are in and out. Now I know at the next level, they do it more in passing situations and, and things of that nature, but you gotta keep guys fresh. You gotta play guys. So, you know, and depth we always thought was going to be a huge issue, but you know what? It's, it's, I don't know. At this point, it hasn't been, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, guys are running to the football. Everybody that's getting in are playing well. So, you know, if this is how everybody's going to play, clearly we're going to keep doing it. And it's what we should keep doing because it only helps with depth in the future. And it only helps keep guys fresh towards the end of the game, which is exactly what we want. So I just keep going. Just amazing. Amazing watching them. I I almost feel like they spend more energy, extend more energy running on and off the field than they do on plays, but they're they're fresh by game's end. I'm really beginning to like this defense, and I like the attitude with which they're playing because so much of defense is attitude. So much of defense is this fierceness that we're we're not going to let you do anything. And I think K-State, against the spread offenses in the past, has fallen into the trap of we'll keep you in front, we'll be passive, we'll wait for you to make a mistake. And in some ways that defense can work. But in the end of the day, if your defense isn't attacking, it doesn't have that mentality, I don't think the defense is going to work. I just don't I, – right. I think you have to be able to, to be in attack mode more often than what the defense has in the past, and they are, they're there. They don't take unreasonable chances, but they're just playing very physical, fast football, and they're flying around. They're just flying around, and if you get your defense to do that, you're in pretty good shape. Exactly. Well, the whole bend don't break defense only works, Tim, if your defense never makes a mistake. For instance, because you give and you give and you give and you keep people, but one mistake and it's a touchdown. And you, it's and again, it's kind of goes against as a defensive player. Defensive guys in nature want to be aggressive. You know, defensive guys, they're the best athletes on the football field outside of a wide receiver. So they want to be aggressive and to just constantly be in passive mode. Passive mode is going, sometimes it goes against what they want to do. And when you're aggressive, I'm not talking about just, you know, blitzing 10 guys and just being totally out of control, but just going out and playing football and playing sound football, but being aggressive in doing so is what a strong defense does. I mean, you, you don't see a lot of top defensives that kind of sit back and, you know, let, Hey, we'll just let them take whatever and do that. We, you don't see a lot of top defenses doing that. Right. Top defenses are aggressive. They dictate, as much as the offense dictates. And I see us doing that, and I see that being a strength of ours. Yep, and they they seem to have so many different parts on the defensive side that Mm -hmm. it's become very easy for them to sub in people and just kind of go about attacking everyone just a little bit differently. On Saturday, Reggie Stubblefield played quite a bit. He's played just in you know certain situations those first two games. He was on the field most of the game. We're talking about a guy that transferred in from an FCS program. Uh, When we first saw him, we're like, well, okay, maybe. He adds depth. Nope, this guy can play at this level. He was making yep. plays. He had a sack. He's flying around. He's batting down passes. They've just got 
they've got this eclectic mix of guys that they've just found a formula with. It's been fascinating to watch how many guys on the back end of that defense they have brought in in the last year or two to supplement guys that have been in the program. You know, but Tim, it's it's fun when you can get guys that can do the things that you want them to do in your program per se. It's fun when you can get some guys that, that can do the things that you would like for them to do and you have the numbers to be able to do that, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, it's fun to see that kind of stuff. You know, you know, to actually be able to run the things that you want to run, you know, and have the, the personnel to be able to do that. You know, and that starts with, as a coach, things start to become fun. As a player, it starts to become real fun because then it gets simplified Mm -hmm. so when it's simplified and you're just going out there you're just making plays that's when things are really fun and and you're right it's just this 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 band of different guys just going out and making plays playing fast playing fun and it's it's almost like okay you're coming in it's not so complex we're just this is what we're doing on this play regardless of what the offense is showing us this is what we're doing and going out there and just playing fast, getting to the football. So, to me, I think it's it, for every defensive player. I think they love it. They love it. If you watch a football game like my father, a former football coach, would watch it, you pretty much know what happened on the offensive line on every snap. I'm, I'm guessing Correct. you, as an offensive lineman, you you absorb that information without even really trying. Right. Um, how did Kansas State's offensive line play for those four quarters? They just, I mean, it was excellent football. I mean, obviously they don't win every play. You're not going to win every snap, but it was that they were moving people off the line of scrimmage. And that's the thing that, you know, it's one thing to run the football from sideline to sideline, and that's good. I'm not taking anything away from that. But when you're able to move someone against their will and get three yards, five yards, eight yards and continuously do it. I mean, it just breaks a defensive spirit, breaks their will. And I think that, and that's what happened. I mean, the, the, the literally the definition, we're going to run the ball. And in the fourth quarter, we're going to literally wear them out. That is the definition of what happened on Saturday. We just kept running it and running it and running it. And we literally wore them out and just beat them down and there wasn't anything that they could do about it you know it was we're gonna run it they knew we were gonna run it because at some point we just say we're not throwing the ball we're gonna run it and see what you can do and they could not stop it couldn't it was a thing of beauty. Really was. The longest run for scrimmage for Kansas State on the day was Joe Irvin's 22 yard touchdown run in the second quarter. But it's my belief that that early touchdown in the fourth quarter, six seconds into the fourth quarter, Deuce Vaughn goes 11 yards and he never had open space. He sifted right. through the line and the defense and hardly got touched. It was amazing to watch Deuce Vaughn operate and how much better he is this season. As good as he was as a true freshman, he's bigger, stronger, faster, and smarter now. That was just unbelievable what he did on that play. He just danced through that defense. Yeah, he's special, Tim. He's a special running back. I mean, 
he's not going to get the pub of anybody else just because of his size, but he doesn't take a backseat to anybody as far as being a running back. He's just special. I mean, you can see it. There are times where he, the holes on the backside, you're thinking there's no way he could see it. He gets through and gets eight yards. And on the front side, he's just downhill. Okay. I'm going to put my head down at five, five. And I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to get four yards. Uh, That's just what's going to happen. I'm going to get, there's nothing here, but I'm going to put my head down and I'm going to get four yards. You know, it's just, he's just a special, special running back. And to be honest, we've got other running backs that are special too. Don't get me wrong. Deuce is our best running back, but we've got guys. I mean, we've got some running backs that can run the football. And it's different between being a running back and being a running back that can run the football. And running, and what I mean by that is being able to, to be a real running back, see the holes where they are, understand, you know what? I can't get anything. It's not here front side. There's nothing backside. I'm just going to put my head down and get what I get. And that comes from just understanding the position mm-hmm. to where you can't hit a home run on every play. And we didn't hit home runs. On, we didn't hit any home runs. It was just, we're going to run. Okay, this is where it is. Hey, the hole's backside. I'm going to go backside. This is just what we're doing. You know, not try, And that's the definition of being a good running back is just understanding the position, just to be able to run, to find, pick your way through. It didn't get a whole lot better, I didn't think. That will do it for the first half of the Powercat post-game review podcast. And as we go into break, let's hear from Deuce Vaughn, Kansas State star running back. He's gone over 100 yards at rushing all three games this season. Had two games at the end of last season, so he's put together five in a row. But I'm telling you what, Deuce did not want to talk about Deuce after the game. Folks, this is one of the reasons why this is a great kid and a perfect fit for Kansas State. That's just a testament to my old line and everybody up, up up front, man. They they did their thing today and all dating back to last year. I mean, I love those boys up front. Uh, Titans, fullbacks as well. I mean, I, I wouldn't be in the position that I am without them. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. 
Welcome back to the PowerCat Postgame Review Podcast. Kansas State beats Nevada on Saturday at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, 38-27. An impressive victory for the Cats, particularly considering they played this game without starting quarterback Skylar Thompson. Will Howard took most of the snaps in this game, but we also saw sophomore Jaron Lewis get his first action in a college football game and look pretty darn good in the process. We are sponsored by Caddy Shack Golf for K-Staters by K-Staters, jackets, hats, polos, t-shirts, golf accessories. Caddyshack Golf Wear, Caddy with two T's. Visit CaddyshackGolf.com. Use code GPC for free shipping on your next order. Will Howard did get the start at quarterback for Kansas State, and this is how he reacted when I asked him about the game in general, and he had an awfully big smile on his face. This is the most fun I've had playing football in a long time, and... Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, just overall our team just played a heck of a game from start to finish. Man, I was couldn't be more proud of how we how our resolve and how, how we, you know, stuck it out through that whole game. Let's turn our attention now to quarterbacks because there was a great deal of concern, and probably rightfully so, after Skyler Thompson's injury the previous week against Southern Illinois. The offense struggled. They had to turn to the run game, but that wasn't even as effective as you would want it to be. But they did win the game. They got away with it. And Will Howard comes out, has that touchdown pass, as we mentioned earlier in the show. And then he struggled a little bit. And then they put in Jaron Lewis, the sophomore from Columbia, Missouri, who had never taken a snap at center. And we went into the game. I mentioned it in my keys to the victory that uh, he would probably see some action, whether it was in relief because uh, Will Howard was struggling or simply because they wanted to give him a look. And that's what it turned out to be. They didn't take Will Howard out, even though I think it was the second and third possessions were pretty empty for K-State. It went to Lewis. He had two scoring drives. Didn't do much for the fan to see in terms of handed the ball off a lot, did threw it three times, completed two short passes. But we found out after the game, Chris Kleiman said, well, he was going to the line and checking us into a lot of that stuff that looked easy, looked like great play calls because Jaron Lewis made those checks. Oh my goodness. That if yeah, I, I, and folks don't realize that the coaches regard him as having the strongest arm on the team amongst all these other more high profile quarterbacks. Right. I think they've got something going on here at quarterback that is pretty comforting because now Will Howard knows that, you know, it's not just his, he's got to prove it. Mm-hmm. And I like a little fire under a guy. And I think he came back in the second half and proved why he deserves to be the guy replacing Skylar Thompson. Overall, I thought the quarterback play was rock solid, no turnovers. They didn't ask him to make too many big throws, just enough, manage the game, don't screw it up. It's kind of how I approach my life. Just manage your life and don't <laughs> screw it up. And I thought the quarterbacks got it done. Yeah, they they absolutely got it done. I just don't think I don't think there was I mean going into the game I don't I just I thought the game the, the game plan was going to be to run the football and it's just what you said don't screw it up just do what you're supposed to do but getting us into the right place I don't know how much will how I didn't see a ton of that and I may be wrong but I didn't see a ton of him checking I did notice it when it just when you brought it up and I, I noticed in the game that you know we we just kind of ran. I didn't notice a whole lot of checking at the line of scrimmage. If coach is saying that they did, I'm going to take his word for it. I didn't see him a ton of checking going on, but at the same time, competition, 
you know, usually brings out the best of people. Yeah. So if that's what they're creating is competition, or if that's what they did create, well, then great, because I thought Will Howard played great. And, and maybe know, also he's talking about just reading the defense and, and you know, when to give it to the guy in motion or keep it or running back, and maybe sure. those simple things. Because it just seemed like everything worked with Jaron Lewis. And the offense had yeah. a rhythm to it that I really liked. It seemed like they were getting up to the line and attacking and attacking. I just I kind of liked it. I found it comforting that they've got another guy they could put out there at a moment's notice if things go wrong with Will Howard. Well, the one thing I did notice is a couple of the throws that he did make, I mean, it seemed like that ball got out of his hand, Tim, effortlessly. Yeah. I mean, he just flicked his wrist, and I'm like, wow, okay, I hadn't seen this. So, you know, and again, if that's what's going on in practice, then it's only going to be better for us. Again, it makes me feel a lot better because I didn't see him doing anything wrong when he was in the football game. So uh, Will Howard played great, though. I mean, let, let's let's just say – I mean, I, I shouldn't say he played great. He, he played fine. I thought the, the quarterback played kind of what you said was, was outstanding. It was outstanding. Yeah. We just, you know, no turnovers, got the ball where they needed to, didn't make any mistakes, you know, as far as dumb mistakes. There was no just horrible throws that you thought, oh, my God, what's he doing? Throwing it to the other team. It's just rock solid. Do what we do. Hey, we're running the football well. Uh, and even Will, you know, uh, some of those QB keeps, you know, on, uh, just on the read option were, I thought, were spectacular. I mean, I, there were a couple of times, and I usually never get faked out on a read option because I always read the backside in. And there were a couple of times I'm like, oh, wow, he kept it. I didn't realize that. So, uh, you know, they played well. They played really, really played well in quarterback position. Here are the quarterback stats. Will Howard completed seven of 10 passes for 123 yards and a touchdown. Of course, that touchdown skews those yards a little bit at 68 yards with his first completion, but he was very efficient with the football. Jaron Lewis threw three passes, completed two, a total of six yards, passed when he needed to. Jaron Lewis did not run the ball. Will Howard ran it 12 times, picking up 56 yards, but he was really effective running it there in the second half. In fact, K-State's last two touchdowns came on Will Howard runs, short runs, but he's a big, powerful kid and was able to get into the end zone. I will take it. I will take what they did. I don't know if they can accomplish that again on Saturday down there in Stillwater against a very good Oklahoma State team, a different Oklahoma State team. They're not scoring at a high rate right now. They are playing what? Defense. They're winning with defense. Got a little lucky last night at Boise State. I don't know if you saw the end of that game with the the scoop and score that Boise had whistled dead and called back with some just tragically bad officiating at the end of the game. Uh, But they did get the win. It counts as a win. You get home. You're 3-0. These two teams are 3-0. K-State pops into the rankings at 25. I'm looking forward to this game. I think it's a really, really good matchup, and I think the winner of this game will be the surprise team to be in the mix for the Big 12 championship game. I, th- I just think they'll, they'll get the early jump on it if they can win this game. So I think it's just huge for Kansas State and Oklahoma State. Absolutely. Big, big game coming up this weekend. Uh, both are playing well defensively. Both run the football. You know, Oklahoma State, I mean, they they always ran it, but they always could throw it 
you know, off of their run and could throw it well. But they're not doing that this year. Yeah. I mean, they're not throwing the ball all around the lot this year. They're they're running the football and playing defense. So um, I think K-State can exploit them if we choose to exploit them, throwing the football a little bit down the seams, uh, setting it up off of the run. So it's going to be a big game. But I, I mean, K-State's were – we're playing well. You know, we're playing well. Uh, I worry a little bit about the injury bug. I'll be honest about that. Uh, I, I worry about that because, um, you know, we're not the deepest team. Um, and not that anybody else is, but, you know, we're not the deepest team. So hopefully things aren't as bad as what they looked and definitely don't get worse. So, um, but I think it's definitely going to be a game case they can compete and go win on the road. Well, as we tape this, we still have no new information on Khalid Duke. The defensive end who went down looked pretty bad. I'm, I fear he will be lost for the season. Josh Rivas, thankfully, K-State's probably best. The most skilled offensive lineman came off the field but did go back on. So um, that is very positive news. They yes. just need him. That left side of the line with B.B. and Rivas. Um, I, I, they just are handling stuff, and, and <laughs> yes, I'm just blown away by by Cooper Beebe because he is not a natural tackle. He's a he's an interior guy. He's got an interior guy's body, but he's so efficient at being uh, a tactician at uh, along the offensive line that he can slide out and play that tackle spot. Those two really, with Noah Johnson in the middle, make it awfully difficult on that one side of the defense. I'm blown away by some of those things but you know with that injury bug we saw Khalid Duke go down and they turned to Nate Matlack who came roaring in off the bench and had an absolutely enormous tackle of Carson Strong from behind got him by the foot and got him to put a knee down before he picked up a key first down on a fourth down scramble yeah um, so here we go we got a red shirt freshman coming off the bench and just making a giant giant stinking play in the game yeah, I mean, it was real good to see. I mean, defense is all effort, and there is nothing more than chasing, you know, getting a pass rush and then ch- having to circle back and chase a guy down from behind and stop him from getting the first down. I mean, that's about as much effort as you could possibly give on a football play, and he did it. And just to pop in there off the bench, coming in cold, I'm like, you know what? I think, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, Duke is going, and I saw the play, it, it, it was it look bad. Um, having said that, you know, we, we got to have somebody else step up, and he did. So, you know, that's it, getting good game experience, getting into the conference play is nothing but positive signs as when you see plays like that. You know, you don't want anybody getting hurt, but you know what? Football is what it is. It's guys are going to get hurt. There's no if, ands, or buts, just the nature of it. But as long as you can have some people that can come in and make plays, you know, behind you, and that's one of the good things about playing a lot of people, as we mentioned before, is because they're not coming in nervous. You know, they're coming in having played. They're coming in having been on the field. So, you know, that's something that you have to do. You got to get guys on the field. So when their number is called on a more regular basis, they can come in and make plays for you. 
Yep, indeed. Nate Matlock ended up with two tackles in the game. He finished off the game with a sack to run the clock out and had that great chase down of Carson Strong earlier in the fourth quarter. Just very, very impressive play by the redshirt freshman. I'm blown away by this, though. I mentioned this earlier. Daniel Green led the team in tackles nine, all solo. Rush Yeast was second, four, all solo. Reggie Stubblefield, three, all solo. Ross Elder, three, all solo. In all, they had 50 tackles in the game, 44 of which were solo tackles. So this is something totally different than we saw in the first two games in which the way those offenses went about business, K-State had a lot of gang tackling, particularly against Stanford. You just saw four, five, eight purple jerseys around the ball whenever they had the ball on the ground or, you know, complete a pass, it'd be gang tackled. This game was about an offense as a spread, likes to create space, force you to make tackles in open space, man-on-man, K-State passed the test. And that is really crucial because, brother, that's something they struggled with the last couple years. Tackling in space in one-on-one situations was not the strong point of the Kansas State defense. No, not at all. Tackling in general wasn't the strong point. And then tackling in open space, it was almost like you would cringe, you know, by watching when you watched because you knew it wasn't going to happen. And that is happening now. And that's what you want as a defense, as a fan, and to watch your defense. You want your defense to be able to tackle at the point of attack. Hey, one-on-one, I'm going to make the play. You know, you want guys running to the football, don't get me wrong, but there's going to be times when guys, hey, I'm out here by myself and on the island. I've got to make this tackle. There's going to be times where you're just going to have to go do that, and we have done it. And it was great to see. I mean, we did it all game long. And now some of those things are because of the scheme of what they were doing. You were forced to do it, but we did that. So that's a good thing. You know, nothing bad about making open field tackles. So I like seeing it. Uh, we're going to have to do more of it because, again, the teams are going to isolate us. And if that's what we got to do, that's what we got to do. So um, getting it done in this game, it, it was great to see tackle in the open field. Tackle one-on-one, but again, you always want guys running to the ball, but you know what? The defense is playing well, so I'm not going to be – I mean, they're just playing well. (laughs) K-State moves to 3-0 on the season. They sweep that non-conference schedule. Step one of a good season is in the back pocket. They kind of had to do that. It was a challenge, but they got it done. It wasn't pretty, particularly against Southern Illinois, but it was against Stanford and against Nevada. I gave them really high grades in both games. Now they move into the Big 12 for the nine games of conference play. Opening at Oklahoma State, coming home for Oklahoma, off week, home for Iowa State. It's a brutal start, but I feel like this team is set up for success now, Brian, and i got to admit something. I've watched a lot of Big 12 football this year as best I can. Oklahoma's good, but they don't blow me away. Iowa State, I find a little bit disappointing. I don't care what they did against UNLV. That's an awful football team that is out of quarterbacks already out there in Vegas. Oklahoma State hasn't exactly overwhelmed anyone they've just found a way to win good for Mike Gundy I love him as a football coach Um, I I think he does a good job TCU pretty good West Virginia probably regretting that loss to Maryland quite a bit because they had the best win of the of the day of the weekend for the Big 12 by beating Virginia Tech a ranked foe there's some good teams in this conference Brian Hanley and obviously Oklahoma is probably the best 
But are you blown away by anyone right now? And is there anyone that you don't think K-State can play with? There is absolutely nobody that I don't think K-State can play with. Uh, I mean, we could say that OU's the best based on, I don't know, maybe the talent that they bring back. But at some point, everybody keeps saying how good of a coach Lincoln Riley is. And that's fine. But, Tim, at some point, don't you have to start exceeding expectations or at least matching them? At at some point, you have to do that. At some point, you can't just be lackluster in these games and lackluster or and then giving away a game. Because, you know, OU gives a game away every year. Right. You know, they'll lose to somebody that they're not supposed to every year. Kansas and State. they haven't played. Exactly. You know, they, they, they do that every year. And I'm like, well, how good of a coach are you if you constantly let that happen? Because I know that I played for a coach at, at the college level. That, that didn't happen. I mean, he wasn't going to let us go and, and just get beat by somebody and not give the effort because that's what it happens. They're not giving the effort. He didn't let us just not give the effort. I know that for an absolute fact. So there's nobody in the Big 12 that I'm afraid of. Uh, there's nobody that case they can't beat. Iowa State does have talent. I, again, I'm just, I don't know, maybe I'm in the wrong. I know everybody loves them. I am not a Matt Campbell guy. I, I, I just not. I'm not going to be that guy. He doesn't do it for me. Um, but that might be my bias because I just don't like Iowa State. But that's just me. <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> but I don't think we have anybody that we should be afraid of that we can't go and beat. I don't care where we play them. I don't care when we play them. I think K State's going to be in every ball as long as we're healthy. We're going to be in every single ball game that we play, and we have a chance to win. Every single one of them. Well, Matt Campbell is the Bear Bryant of the corn. Um, I think that is pretty <laughs> obvious. Uh, look, they needed a big, really big season to back up what they did last year, and they had a really stinky performance. They won against Northern Iowa, and then they stunk it up against Iowa. Just They were at the biggest stage. I mean, it was a huge game. It was on national TV, college game day, and they laid an egg, and that's never a good sign. Uh, nope. I, I don't know. I, I don't think K-State – is nearly as talented as some of these teams. They don't have all the depth that some of these teams have, but they have that thing. And I've tried to explain this to a buddy. When you get this vibe from the team that they're all, it's cliches, they're all rowing in the same direction. They're all chopping wood. However you want to say it, whatever your cliche is, they're doing it. They are Mm -hmm. bought in. And what tells me, Is are totally bought in is I'm watching a guy like Malik Knowles, who last year could only think about his own numbers and what he wanted to do. And he wasn't getting the ball enough and he was unhappy and he was, you know, telling teammates he was going to transfer this year. He is 100% bought in, and I watch him block on Saturdays, and he's killing guys. He's downfield blocking it. It epitomizes to me how much different this team is from a mental approach and how they're getting onto the field than the last year's team. A little bit more like that first climbing team, but this one, just they've just got that feeling around them, and I think you know that feeling I'm talking about. Well, it, it kind of goes back to what I mentioned earlier is when you know what you're doing and you know what your responsibility and what your job is and you know what you're doing, 
it's easier to play football. You're not sitting around thinking and constantly, you know, having to, okay, where should I go? Where do I need to be? What's going on here? What's going on there? It is just when you know what you're doing and on offense and defense, just go out and do it. It's easy to buy in then. It's easy to buy in when you understand, hey, you know what? This guy's got my back. This guy over here has got my back. That guy on the other side of, of, of the line of spirit that plays defense or the guy that plays offense, he's got my back too. And when you have that as a team, that number one, it tells me, and being part of a lot of teams, number one, it shows that they're getting along. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't have a whole lot of successful teams that don't get along. I mean, you can have some when guys are just super, super talented, but that's few and far between where teams just don't get along. So if you're going to get along as a team, when especially when, again, like you mentioned, they don't always have the most talent, but I think they have, they, they put out maximum effort. And when you put out maximum effort, even when you're not as talented, a lot of times that can run the day. And then that's okay for me. You know, it's, you have to have some talent. Don't get me wrong. And I don't want to get into the, you know, Hey, we don't have talent. We do it all on effort because I don't believe in that because I believe K-State has talent. I don't want to get into the woe is me type of thing. Cause I don't think that having said that, I just think you're right. We have that it and what that it is is everybody bought in everybody gets along we're going in the same direction we want to win every game we're going to fight for each other and some teams have it you know like it doesn't seem like they have that i watched a little bit of the alabama game doesn't seem like they have that tim doesn't seem like they you know and i'm not trying to to talk about anything i'm just going off of what i'm seeing it doesn't seem that they have that this year you know, it seems like every now and then you get, I mean, but you can't help it. You have nothing but five-star, four-star guys. That There's going to be some selfishness that jumps in. And not that every team doesn't have that, but you know what? Also, when you have leadership, it gets squashed. And I believe K-State has that, that it gets squashed. And we're just, we're moving in the right direction. It's just program building. I guess it's a good thing. It's program building. It's good to see. I like it. We've seen Ohio State lose. We've seen Alabama struggle with Florida. We saw Clemson struggle, what, with Georgia Tech? You know what? And all three of those schools have been uh, at the forefront of name, image, and likeness. And I'm beginning to wonder if there's not issues in those locker rooms. Why is why is Johnny getting a million dollars a year and Jimmy, who is more talented but less high profile, is getting nothing out of it, NIL? It's going to happen. It's going to blow up locker rooms. You know it. It's, there's, it's human nature. Tim, here's what I could tell you. And I can say this without even thinking about it. In 97 and 98, a quarterback, of course, it was Michael Bishop. If this had been around, Michael Bishop, let's just throw out a number. And again, this is a fantasy number. If he was getting $10,000 a game for whatever he was doing, he would have given away half of that to his offensive line. He would have done it. He would, We wouldn't have had to ask. He would have taken us out to eat, whatever. He'd have given half of that to his offensive line. 
I don't believe that's happening at these other places. I just don't. You hear these things about in the NFL, and you see it. You know, NFL quarterbacks are buying them Rolexes and stuff like that. Well, in college, they have made this into it's all about me. Right. Versus, and the coaches, you see it, they're just fighting it as hard as they can because they know. It's like, hey, you got to spread this. You got to, it's got to be about the team. And they have made this into an individual thing, and the team, that can make it about the team will be successful. The teams that make it all about the individual will not be as successful as they can be. And that I don't care what anybody says because it is a team sport. Football is the ultimate team sport. And it doesn't matter that the quarterback gets most of the, the praise. He also gets most of the, of the criticism. But when it comes down to money and the pros, they, those guys do it right. Because they understand college, they don't. And it's all about taking care of them. And they have to learn that. And as an 18-year-old, it becomes difficult. And 19, especially when everything that everybody's telling you is, hey, you got to make as much as you can, as much as you can, as much as you can. And the coach is telling you the exact opposite. It becomes a fight. And it's just, it's, that's what's going to happen. I'm telling you, you're right. I'm telling you, it's going to, I don't know if it's going to ruin college football that people keep saying, but it's going to ruin good teams. Yep. And, and that's, you know, and I don't, K-State's not going to have that problem because I think the way that we're coached and our culture takes care of all of that. That was the good stuff. His name's Brian Hanley right there. Former Kansas State offensive lineman, as I mentioned, 97, 98, and our football analyst at GoPowerCat.com. This has been the GoPowerCat.com postgame review podcast. Kansas State beats Nevada 38-17 to on Saturday at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, wrapping up the non-con schedule at 3-0, and moving into Big 12 play next Saturday night down at Stillwater. Unfortunately, the game's on ESPN+. Plus. Kansas State's ranked 25th. Oklahoma State is just outside of the rankings and receiving votes. They'd be in the top 30. Essentially, should be a great matchup. From the golf course to the tailgate, show your purple pride all week long. Caddyshack Golfware, Caddy with two Ts. Visit CaddyshackGolf.com. And as we close up the doors on this post-game review podcast, let's hear from Will Howard one more time. Quarterback play was absolutely huge for Kansas State on Saturday. With Skylar Thompson out, Will Howard got the start, but he knew going in that his teammate and friend, Jaron Lewis, would get some snaps. That came in the second quarter when Lewis took Kansas State on two different scoring drives. But it was Will Howard taking all of the snaps in the second half. Let's close her up. Here's Will Howard. Um, I mean, we we knew it was happening going in, and honestly, Jaron is is probably one of my best friends on the team. I mean, easily one of my best friends on the team, and I was just so happy for him. I mean, him getting a, getting a shot out there, and and uh, you know, I was I was really happy for him, and uh, you know, he did a great job, and he he was rolling, so they kept him out there, and you know, obviously, my time came in the second quarter in the second half, um, and you know, we both we both knew that at the end of the day, we were willing to do whatever it took to help this team get a win, and uh, and if that's what it called for that that's what that's what happened so um you know we were we were both ready when our times came and i thought i thought uh you know i was really proud of him and and happy for him and uh i I, it was a lot of fun thank you for listening to the power cat podcast make sure you're subscribing to our show at apple spotify amazon or wherever you get your podcasts power cat podcast all rights reserved gopowercat.com
should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.